to episode four of Grim Scenarios, a Blood on the Clock Tower strategy podcast. I am your host, Milk, along with your other host, because co-host doesn't seem quite right, Emma. Hello, Emma. How's it going, Alex? Milk on this fine Wednesday morning. <laughs> it is a fine Wednesday morning, another one. We always do this on Wednesday morning. It's definitely Wednesday yeah. right now. This is, of course, being live on Twitch and somehow also earlier, an hour earlier on YouTube. We don't know how that works, but it does work that it's way. It's magic. I'm pretty excited, Emma. I'm going to do some live storytelling this upcoming weekend. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm going to be at Awesome Con with... in Washington, D.C. with Capital Clock Tower. That sounds fun. Uh, I don't get to play live Clock Tower, I don't think, until two more weeks when you can check me out. I'll be at Origins. Yes, mostly we both playing, will. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I'm excited for you to get to do some live storytelling. I found Live Clock Tower to be a substantially superior game than the online version when I played it for the first time um, at Clock Tower Con. And I am eagerly looking forward to my next opportunity, which is, again, at Origins in two weeks. Yeah, I really enjoy uh, playing live games. I think, like, the player counts, kind of, people don't really worry about it as much as we do kind of mm-hmm. online for keeping communication easy and, and fun. You see a lot more travelers, you see a lot more kind of interesting plays. You have such a bigger mix of skill levels and, and people, you know, know more or less about the game. And I think it just, it just makes things really fun. So really looking yeah. forward to the next two weekends of just having a ton of fun with Clock Tower. And especially on information-heavy scripts like Sex and Violence, check that transition out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In-person Clock Tower allows them to be much more balanced because the ability to like mechanically solve them by everyone compiling all the information is much lower in person. Yeah, uh, which definitely. transition is, we're still on Sex and Violence, day two, week mm-hmm. two. Uh, good scenario two, evil scenario two, Sex and Violence up today. I will be running Milk through a scenario as a good player, then Milk will be giving me a chance to go against my nature and be evil that's right <laughs> yeah that's right yeah emma's gonna be evil everybody which she never is exactly i've always been good <laughs> always good i can probably. just manifest myself into being the lunatic when i get the demon token it's pretty cool <laughs> i have the last couple of times actually <laughs> i was like hmm, this seems too good to be true i'm probably the lunatic anyway uh so we are on day three of a sex and violets game or we're, we're yeah we're waking up on day three. You are seat seven, and you are the dreamer. The dreamer. Oh, what a good role. But you're not going to be telling anyone that today, because last night on night three, you were made mad as the town crier. Uh-oh. I'm the town crier now. So one of the things I wanted to do with this scenario is obviously we're not going to have like the ability to like test these thoughts on real live players as we speak, but we'll just go through it anyway. Is I'm going to give you a goal for today, and your goal is going to be use the information you have, the information you can glean, filtered through the Saranovas madness, to try to accomplish that goal today. Uh, and this reason I thought this would be sort of interesting is because Saranovas madness is. One of the more weird things about Clock Tower, one of the more SNV things about Clock Tower, and that it forces players to try to figure out ways to say their information without saying their information. That's right. A lot of people don't even try. They just say, well, I'm Saranovas mad. I guess I can't give out information. Yeah. But you, you have been inspired today to go pit hag hunting. You want to kill a pit hag. Or you want to determine there's no pit hag in play. Um, so that is your goal for this scenario. Your goal is to identify the pit hag, or tell me there's no pit hag in play and nothing to worry about. All right. So with that, let me run you through the execution, the nomination, execution, and night deaths pattern. Because as you're mad as the town crier, who nominated what days might be relevant to you. Yeah, that's going to be pretty important to me because I'm going to need to be able to give out my information in a town criery way which does mean exactly. i probably need to take a few does mean i probably need to find my notepad and take a few notes here real quick <laughs> so day one seat five was executed all right you have learned at some point during this game that seat five is claiming to be a clockmaker with a three interesting okay a clockmaker with a three is good day night one 
on night two, rather, the math, the seat 11 was killed, and you've learned that the seat 11 is claiming mathematician who got a one on night one. Mathematician who got a one. Uh, day two, you all executed C3. We'll right. talk about what C3 is in a bit. You don't have their information, but you may try to get it today if you want to. Got and it. then last night, seat eight was killed in the night. Seat eight was killed in the night last night. Correct. All right. Now, let's talk about you. You have made three dreams so far this game. Night one, you dreamed seat nine as either the artist or the pit hag. Got it. You talked with them on day one. They did not claim artist to you. They, in fact, claimed town crier. Claimed Town Crier. Interesting. Night two. You dreamed seat three as the seamstress or the vigor mortis. Okay. <laughs> not the vigor mortis. Got it. <laughs> not the vigor mortis. Not the vigor mortis. Obviously, they're not the vigor mortis, but they are dead. Right. And they were dead in part because you dreamed them as the vigor for whatever that's ah, we So I revealed uh, information yesterday. You revealed it to someone and it was part of a push on them. Got it. To led, led to their execution. They were dreamed as a demon candidate. You thought, people thought, let's kill them. All right, sounds good. Night three, you dreamed seat 10 as the mutant or the pit egg. Interesting. You don't know what they were claiming before today. You haven't talked to them yet. Right. Nominations. On day one, seats one, three, five, and nine nominated. All right. Day two, seats four, six, eight, and ten nominated. This town is doing very nice town crier splits. Everyone loves the town crier. Here. How nice of them. In terms of other claims, seat six was very cagey when you talked to them. And you did not get any sort of play out of them. They just sort of did some nonsense with you for a bit. And when you left, you realized you knew nothing about what they were. <laughs> seat four has claimed to be the artist. Who has not yet used their question or not shared it with you. Okay. And you have no claims from seat 11, seat three, or seat 10. Uh, wasn't 11 no, of course. the math? Oh, sorry. No, I sorry. I said I uh, meant 12. 12, 12, 12. 10, 3, or, 10, 3, or 8. Seat 1 told you they were the sage, but we're going to lie about that to everyone else. Okay. Says they're the sage, lying to everyone else. Got it. So, there's your knowledge of the Grim. Remember, your goal today is to identify... If there's a living pit I can play, and if so, tell me who it is. And to do that, we want to talk about how you're going to do that. Once you've decided who you think the pit hag is, or there's none in play, I want to talk you to talk through about how you're going to do that through the how you're going to share that with town through the lens of the town crier madness. Alright. The first thing I have to be concerned about is um, that this is a Vortox game because uh, as a dreamer uh, that has not confirmed any of my uh, any of my dreams, right? I have a I have a artist pit hag dream that's claiming to be the town crier. I have a seamstress vigor mortis ga uh, uh, a dream that I don't have a claim from, and I have a mutant pit hag claim, which I'm never going to be able to solve that dream. Like that's just an unsolvable dream until that player dies. Uh, so so we can't really rely on that. So. Mm -hmm important here is to figure out if if my dreams mean anything at all which probably involves going and talking to the player in seat three so that's that's something that's on the list of things that i need to do the clockmaker being the day one execution is you know fine uh, can be an evil player lying um but hard to hard to know anything about that right now 
The other thing I have to be a little worried about here, although it's not, um, it's not relevant to my, uh, to my to my first two days of dreams is if there's a vigor killed minion sitting next to me so just looking kind of at the setup more broadly those are the things i as a player would probably be thinking about right now i got a kg player next to me that doesn't mean you know that doesn't necessarily mean anything it just means a you know stuff and then the sage who's allegedly lying to everyone else is kind of interesting that's right so with speaking through all that who do you want to talk to today? You can talk to anyone you want to on the ground. I really have to talk to seat three, because I really have to figure out if uh, this is a Vortox game or not. Okay. Uh, you talk to seat three. Uh, seat three is happy to tell you that they are the seamstress with a yes between seats nine and eleven, and they did not mind dying. Yes, between seats nine... And 11. So this is a SS. Yes. And this is an SS. Yes. Alright. There's worlds where that can still be... that Like, there's worlds where that can be a player who's lying, but probably not. That they didn't mind dying. That they were day executed. Day 2 executed. Um, so that, I'm just going to believe that that's a seamstress. Um, my information points me in that direction. So I'm going to believe it's not a Vortox game. Uh, because I have information that has worked correctly. Um... That redirects me to some suspicion about seat nine. Uh, I will I will probably reveal to seat three that I'm the dreamer and that I dreamed them. And oh, you're good. Oh no, I can't. Right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry, (laughs) You got to reveal that you're the dreamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, You want to execute you on the day before the scenario? I'll I'll claim claim town crier. Yeah, I'll claim town crier to them, of course. Yeah, I'll claim town crier and say that. uh, I'll, I'll claim town crier and yeah, basically just say that I'm not I'm not sure about my info yet. I'm still working through it. Yeah, I forgot, forgot about the scenario, Emma. This is very complicated. Lots of stuff on my screen. Um, you know, no worries. All right. Uh, so let's see. So, okay, so we've we've got that. So that, that helps us a little bit by clearing up some worlds that um, would result in just the Dreamer info being completely wrong. That makes me a little more suspicious of seat nine, but a seamstress yes with a knight to death. Hmm. Okay. I think the other plays you didn't have claims from were seat 10 and seat 12. Do you want to talk to either of them? Uh, I, there's no point in talking to seat 10 if they're the mutant or the pit hag. They're not going to give me useful information. Uh, I don't think I have info from seat 2 either. Oh, yeah, you don't have info from seat 2 either. That's true. Let's let's go check in with seat 2 and see what they have to say. Uh, seat 2 claims to be the juggler, but refuses to share any information with you. Juggler claim refuses to share info. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um. Yeah, I'll tell them I'm town crier. Okay. They say they didn't juggle you. They didn't juggle you with that, so they don't know whether that's true or not. Yeah. I mean, if they're not going to share info, then they're not. Then they're not going to be helpful. I kind of yeah. need to talk to seat four and find out about this artist info as well. Mm-hmm. Seat one's not very useful to talk to. Seat ten's not very useful to talk. Let's get let's get seat four. Let's get let's get with seat four and see if there's some information there that I can that I can glean. Uh, seat four tells you they are in fact the artist, but have not used their question. They're planning to use it later in the day, and they'll probably reveal it at nominations. That's nominations phase. All right. Well, if there's still time, I'll talk to seat twelve and see if I can get some info there. Sure. You talk. To seat 12. Seat 12 tells you that they're the oracle. They got a 0 and then a 1. That's making me interesting. That's making me wonder if this is a Vigor Mortis game. Hmm. Interesting. Where seat two, the mathematician with a knight one one who just died on knight two could be a Vigor killed minion. And that points at seat nine as also being potentially evil. It doesn't really match the clock numbers, so the clock numbers would point at someone like seat six who's being cagey as the demon or seat two as uh, the juggler who doesn't want to share their information as being the demon but that's not what i'm here to solve emma 
I'm here to find. You're not. I'm here to find a pit hag. Um, yes, I'm, your goal is to find a pit hag. Uh, I'm gonna ask C12 if they've heard anything about any pit haggings. If they've heard of anyone being pit hag changed. Uh, they say they have not heard about any pit hag changes yet this game. Interesting. Let's go have a chat with my neighbor, Seat 8. Sure. Seat 8 is dead, and I'm interested in finding out if they'll trade a hard claim for a hard claim. Yeah, sure. Uh, they tell you they're the flower girl. Hmm. They got a yes the one night they were alive, which is when all the players on the odd-numbered seats voted, but not the even seats. Again, a perfect flower girl split for them. So odd-numbered um, seats voted, flower girl yes. Yeah. And they also tell you they're very confident of the Clock 3 world, given the Philosopher also has the Clock 3. The Philo also has the Clock 3. Interesting. Wonder where the Philo and is. <laughs> in their understanding, the Philo and the Clockmaker did not talk day one, so they're very confident about this clock number. The clock, so the clock three is very real. Well, we don't know where the Philo, we don't know where the Philo lives. It might be that sage up there at the top. Could be this KG player in seat six, but I don't see a Philo anywhere, so interesting. Hmm. All right, well, um, we'll, I guess we can ask seat six, if we still have time to talk to players, we can ask seat six if they're the Philo. Okay, you talk to seat six. Yeah. Uh, seat six says, uh, no, I'm not the Philo, I'm the Savant, I think. I'm not sharing any information. Uh, seat ten is the Philo. I thought everyone knew that. Well, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that seat ten was the Philo. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I guess I should go talk to seat ten now. Finally, since I've been ignoring them because they're probably just the mutant. Okay. Uh, seat ten tells you they're the Philo. They went Clockmaker night two. They later learned that there was a real Clockmaker in play, and that they had the exact same information, which they say they can independently verify. So they can definitely independently verify the information of the clockmaker. Mm -hmm. That's great. That means the clockmaker's information is definitely right from this player. Yeah, so C10 says, I am the philosopher. The file clock with a three. So, I mean, looking at the grim that we've assembled here just by talking to people, it's possible that there's an outsider who's hiding here. I've seen an outsider in a dream, uh, which I believe to have been correct. Uh, I guess the seamstress in seat three who was executed would have to be evil, but they seem they seem like they're probably good um, for yeah, reasons. There's an oracle one on them, right? There's an oracle one on them. Um, there's an oracle one on them and the mathematician, right? If the seamstress is the evil one, then it's then probably... the flower girl. Uh, oh. Uh, sorry, I might have gotten the... No, right, the seamstress yeah. was executed day two? Yeah, so it would mathematician be the... was the night two kill, oh, oh, along I see. with the clockmaker right, of the day so one execution. It would, have been, it would have been... So seamstress, seamstress and flower girl are the are the, mm -hmm. are the the potential evil pair in the Oracle number. Oh, okay, I thought it was the mathematician. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that... Interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's a very there's a very substantial lack of outsiders. Now, SNV outsiders do like to hide... Right, the sweetheart doesn't really want to come out as the sweetheart. The mutant obviously can't claim to be the mutant. Um, people play Barber and Klutz in different ways. Some people play Barber and Klutz more openly, in a way where they can, you know, reveal it to town, get killed early. Klutzes often want to get killed early while there's still a higher probability of picking a good player. If they've got a good read on someone, they might want to get killed early. Um, barbers sometimes they want to out early before you know they mess up town's information by swapping a demon late. So this is pretty. This is pretty interesting that we've got very few outsider claims, and it looks a little viggy. Could be Fangu, you know, could be Fangu paranoia though. So we can't really judge anything by that. All right. Well, we've got we've got information from all of these all of these players. Yeah. The Oracle info is pretty interesting um, and probably worrisome as a as a dreamer, right? to have an oracle who's pointing at someone next to me as potentially uh, as potentially a vigor killed minion that's 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 pretty problematic 
currently I'm sort of I mean it doesn't really make sense for an evil player to put an SS yes between a dead good I mean it, I don't know the the seamstress the seamstress thing is interesting because the seamstress thing just makes seat nine look like they're a like they're a dead good player, but both seat nine and seat three are three steps away from the oracle, which ver which is verifying that clockmaker number, suggesting the oracle could be evil. Yeah, there's a whole lot here. This is this is a this is pretty difficult to solve at this point. We probably need a little more. We probably need a little more info, or we probably need to see what happens at noms. So, are you considering vortex at all at this point? It is possible that it's a Vortox game uh, if the Seamstress is evil. The Seamstress is my only possible Dreamer verification. Um, as a as a player, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make it another day. I have a pretty strong role. Uh, my info has been shared out there somewhere, um, so I don't know exactly who it is that I shared it with that I trust. But a piece of this is I would probably want to try to just get one piece of information that I can confirm. At this point, I really can't confirm not Vortox if the seamstress is in the Oracle info. That Oracle info feels interesting. But if, of course, if the Oracle has a one, the seamstress can't be evil in a Vortox game, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But the Oracle had a zero the first night, which means that we killed an evil between the clockmaker and the uh, uh, mathematician. Mathematician. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a bit weird. Yeah, so you you can feel pretty confident it's not Vortox, right? Pretty sure it's not Vortox. Yeah, there's too there's too many there's too many bits of information here that seem some of the information has to be good here. Yeah, I okay. I would probably as a as a as a as a dreamer want to get like one clean dream that I can go talk to somebody about. But at this point, I have full claims from everybody, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So at this point, we're about twenty ish minutes into the episode. So we're going to switch to phase two of this scenario, which is you tell me who you think the pit hag is, and then we talk about how you try to get them killed through the lens of madness. Yeah. Um, so it, assuming it's not a Vortox world, assuming my information is good, um, it looks like it looks like seat nine is potentially the pit hag and the the uh, the storyteller uh, either didn't get a bluff for them or didn't know their bluff when I dreamed them. They were the first night dream. Um, mm -hmm. Often storytellers have to kind of make a guess on what you know potentially uh, a player could be bluffing as for an evil player if they get dreamed on night one. Um, sometimes that doesn't work out. There's a double claim of artist um, with the with the player in seat four, um, which suggests again that probably. The, the minion didn't get a bluff or um, well actually that would make this player in seat 4 potentially evil as well because that might be a bluff and they just the storyteller got the bluffs wrong between the two between the between the evil players so that's mm -hmm. that's a possibility as well um, that would make me think that would make me think that seat 9 is probably the pit hag seat 4 is the Saranovas, and seat 12 or seat one is probably the demon, but that's later. That's later Alex's problem. It's later Milk's problem. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna because I haven't got any other outsider claims. Seat ten looks like possibly a mutant. Is what I would say. Seat ten looks like a mutant who has, you know, taken taken some information and and gone to try to, um, gone to try to um use that um to to like make a bluff that they can they can ride for a while well multiple players multiple players have told you that c10 and c5 did not talk before c10 told them about the clock three could get could get lucky it's possible mm. mm -hmm. if i if i think that c9 uh, seat nine. Oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Seat nine could have been Saranovis mad. Aha, here we go. So if the Saranovis is making people mad as the town crier, seat nine could have been mad as the the town crier. I should uh, I should have talked to seat nine again. There you go. You didn't though. Yeah, I didn't. So I should have talked to seat nine again to to see if seat nine was made Saranovis mad earlier in the game. 
Um, I can't do that now, and I can't ask in Town Square because that's going to get really close to breaking Saranova's madness. So I have to be really careful about anything I say publicly here. So if seat 9 is in a se seamstress, yes, the seamstress, that makes the seamstress good. The seamstress information is good. My information is good, so I can confirm the seamstress, yes, uh, between 11 and 9. That makes uh, 9 probably the artist and probably good, and that means that they were made Saranova's mad as the town crier which means there's a mutant missing somewhere but the mutant could be in seat six or seat two or seat four any of those people claiming to have abilities that they don't want to share information on or having abilities that they haven't used yet or whatever um could could be an outsider i'll give you one more piece of information that comes out of the nom phase which is that seat six claims to have been made mad as the mutant yesterday seat six was claims to have been made mad as the mutant yesterday and were not executed. Interesting. Day two, mad as mute. So we do need to know who you think is their pit hag and how you're doing it. Because I do want to talk about how you try to get people to kill a pit hag when you can't say your information on them. Yeah, um, I mean... So... Just putting the information together. Um, the flower girl yes on odd numbers suggests that uh, the closest minion to the demon can't be on an odd number with a clockmaker three. In that case, I should rule out minions on odd numbers for the moment, which brings me to minions on even numbers which looks more like seat 10 and seat 4 which makes seat 1 the demon but that's that's a later that's a later's problem um could also be seat 12 the oracle doesn't matter um i'm going to i'm going to say that hmm. i'm going to say that i trust the seamstress info that i don't think I've been vigor poisoned. I don't think it's Vortox. Uh, I think I'm going to push on seat 10 based on my dream. I think seat 10 is the pit hag. If there's a pit hag, seat 10 is the pit hag. It's possible. I, d I don't think it's a Vortox game. I don't think it's possible that this is that there's no pit hag. I've seen a pit hag. There's probably one. Okay, so you've decided that seat 10 is the pit hag. Um, now let's talk a little bit about how you're going to push on them through through your Saranova's Madness. Because that's the other thing I really wanted to talk about in this. Was yeah. How do you how do you get people to do what you want when you can't say why you want them to do it? So all I can say is that I'm the town crier, right? Like that's a that's a bit of information that I can give out. Um, mm -hmm. I can use that with these wonderful splits of nominations that the that the teams have given me to say that I got a town crier no on day one on players one, three, five, and nine, and to say I got a town I'm sorry, uh, yeah, and to say I got a town crier yes. On day two, when four, six, eight, and ten nominated. Now, I think probably four or ten are both reasonable minion candidates right now. Eight's dead, so that eliminates eight from that pool, which is very helpful, so we don't have to worry about that. And seat six, you know, seat six is KG, so who knows? So I'm not super worried about pushing uh, on a potential good player here. Uh, obviously, I might be completely wrong, but that's fine. I, we we could have those days. Um, but more importantly, the flower girl yes is on odd numbered seats, and if the clockmaker information is right, it's weirdly being validated by um, seat ten. But I don't think seat ten and seat five are evil together, and the reason for that is that seat five was executed, um, and I uh, was made Saranovis mad last night, which means that there has to be a living Saranovis or a vigored Saranovis. Um, seat one, uh, seat five can't be the Saranovis. So that means that the information might be good and seat 10 might just be, might just know the information, right? <laughs> Literally might just know the information, but is trying to point at someone else. Um, so uh, with that in mind, I think the flower girl odd numbered uh, information suggests that seat 10 is a mutant based on the uh, my town crier information, my very powerful town crier information. We could go for a demon, but there's, um, you know, there's there's a few options that are still around for that. 
So uh, yeah, I'm gonna use my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that I got a town crier no on day one and a town crier yes on day two, and nominate seat ten and basically say that I think that they are a minion. And do you have any thought about being like pretending you've talked to a dreamer who's dreamt them? No, I don't want to. I don't want to get near that right now. Um, I could potentially say that, um, but that is getting really tricky with the storyteller. It depends on your storyteller. Um, if this is a you know if you're a fairly new player, you might be able to get away with sneaking that in. But uh, generally, in the in the games that I play in uh, and the games that you play in, Emma, uh, I think I think you and I as storytellers especially would be pretty harsh on a Serenovus mad dreamer who's mad as a town crier who says, oh yeah, I heard some dreamer information out there uh, that says this person is the pit hag. So you push on seat 10. We'll say that your push is successful. Seat 10 gets executed at charges of pit haggery. You go to sleep. And that night, Milk, you are pit hagged into the sweetheart. Missed it. You missed it. So... Oh uh, well. Let's go through. I you, but despite missing on the pit hag, you got a lot of this solved. Like if you weren't specifically trying to kill the pit hag, you may well have killed the demon. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty sure uh, I got that one. Yeah. Okay, let's go. So yeah, let's we'll just go through the group a little bit. You of course are now the sweetheart. Um, <laughs> seat six was being cagey because they were an outsider, That's scared of Fangu nonsense. So they were the klutz. That was similarly why C2, your juggler who wouldn't give their information, was being weird. They were also an outsider. They were the barber. You successfully clocked C4 as a minion. They were the Saranovas torturing people. C5 was a clockmaker. C8 was a flower girl. C12 was an oracle. C3 was, in fact, your seamstress, who got a yes on C11, the mathematician and seat nine that's because you had correctly identified seat one as a likely demon candidate and they were they were no dashy poisoning seat they were poisoning seat three and seat 12 causing information to be wonky there seat 10 started the game as your philosopher the philo clock thing was totally legit they were pit hacked into the mutant but that left seat nine who you in fact had just caught as the minion who had not yet picked their bluff yeah, I mean, it was definitely seat 9 or 10, and I talked myself out of it. Well, that you happens. You talked yourself out of it. It happens, it happens. Yeah, and yeah. like I said, you were narrowing down on seat 1 as the demon ca- as a likely demon candidate based on the information you did. Yeah, I mean, we were running so out like, of space, yeah. they were. They were in in a real space. world, you may have well just have pushed on seat 1 and got the seat 1 killed there. I, I, I might have actually pushed on seat 4, who I was 100% sure was a minion. But at that <laughs> point, if seat 4 is a minion, the spaces for other minions to be where there's a clockmaker 3 pretty much just makes seat 1 the demon. So, yeah. yeah, missed on the pit hag, but... Yeah, no, but you solved a lot of this game. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. And this was really, it was, it was... <laughs> I wanted to de- emphasize, like, sort of how much... Different worlds you need to consider as a good player on Saxon Violets. Um, we were talking bigger worlds, we were talking Fangu worlds, we were talking Vortox worlds. We didn't even bring up the Nodashi, and the Nodashi was the demon who was causing the misinformation of this game. Yeah, and I probably could I probably could have caught that and solved the barber in seat two, um, if I had been a little more diligent about looking at looking at the person I thought was the demon. I was busy looking for the pit hag, but uh, I do think there's some really interesting bits and pieces here, right? That you can even if you don't get the exact info right, you can definitely find a lot um, as you solve. We kill good players accidentally as evils all the time and mm-hmm. in a mid-game scenario where there's still you know six or seven people left alive seven or eight people left alive killing a mutant i mean we probably can kill the pit hag or the demon the next day right like so exactly. it's not it's not such a bad loss here of killing a killing a good player yeah i've lost my dreamer ability don't really even need it anymore it's not really dramatically we made you into the sweetheart realistically they should the de- pit hag would have made the demon into a fangu that night and if they wanted to make you a demon candidate, they would have made you the sweetheart the next night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously you make a Fangu there. You get your either two kills or no kills because you can afford it here. And then the Fangus, you just got to hope the Fangu hits because that 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 Nodashi, that Nodashi is in for a, a world of hurt right now. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think we kill... I mean, to be fair, even if the Nodashi jumps, I think we kill minions the next two nights, almost certainly. Yeah. With the Pit Hag's now cornered. 
Uh, I don't think the Pit Hag gets a chance to make me into an outsider and the Nodashi into the Fangu. Exactly, which is why, and realistically, the Pit Hag probably would have done that, but that wouldn't have been as wouldn't funny, been as funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think we kill the Pit Hag, then the Serenovus, and then we just have to figure out which of the which of the two remaining players is the Fangu jump. Yeah. So, pretty fun. All right. Well, uh, we should take a little intermission here. I don't exactly know how that works now. <laughs> So we should we should take a moment here at this point to say that um, uh, our friend Kim has uh, come on and joined the team uh, as our editor. Thank you so much, Kim. Uh, we really appreciate you and the help that you're going to give us uh, with uh, with running the podcast uh, and getting it edited and making it look and sound really great. Uh, so we're not really sure what we're supposed to do. So we're just gonna we're gonna probably take a short break and then we'll uh, and then we'll. <laughs> We'll be back, I guess. Yeah, normally, this is when we put up the intermission screen and then make jokes about how you can't, how we don't know whether we're hearable through the intermission screen. But just do that. This Kim. may all just be cut now. Just do that. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We've taken our little break, and now we're going to see what Emma can do with an incredibly powerful, but sometimes a little bit controversial, evil uh, role. Emma, you're the Vigor Mortis in Seat 1. I thought I was going to be the evil twin there. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do evil twin. Uh, we had a little fun with evil twin last time. We're going to do the Vigor Mortis. Now, a lot of people ask about the Vigor Mortis because of its minus one outsider uh, effect. And I think when people start to play Sects and Violets, they think that that might make the Vigor Mortis quite weak. Um, in addition, the Vigor Mortis has to pay a substantial cost to use its ability, which reads, each knight choose a player, they die. Minions you kill keep their ability and poison one townsfolk neighbor. On Sects and Violets, where we have such powerful minions like the Serenovus, the Witch, and the Pit Hag, it can often be exceptionally useful to keep one of those abilities in play, especially if a minion gets, uh, you know, sus suspicion on them, basically. Um, and even if they're even if they're killed, of course, doesn't matter if they out evil some of the time. But occasionally, it can be risky. And so, Emma, I'm going to give you some information uh, that will be hopefully useful to you. And then we'll uh, we'll see where we end up. So uh, I'm going to tell you that your minions are the Serenovus in seat 7. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. Witch mm -hmm. in seat 9. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On day 1, your Serenovus made the player in seat 8 mad as the mutant. Mm-hmm. When everyone returned to town after their conversations on day one, the storyteller announced that the player in seat eight was executed immediately and everyone went to sleep. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. player in seat eight has claimed to be the mutant and says yeah. that they were forced to break madness because they were made Saramad as the mutant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, on day two, you spoke with the player in seat six who said to you, and I quote myself, yeah, I'm just the Oracle. I don't think it's a very powerful or useful role. Um, so, you know, I'm probably just going to tell people that I'm the Oracle. Uh, and I got, a, I got a zero last night. Okay. You uh, also speak to the player in seat 10. The player in seat 10 hard claims Sage to you and seems, as you put it in the last game, a bit cagey. Okay. When you return to town today, the player in seat five reveals that they are a seamstress with a no between seat nine, your witch, and the player in seat two. Okay. The player in seat four nominates the player in seat two and dies to a witch curse. The town executes the player in seat two as an obvious evil. 
or at least an evil in a seamstress pain. And I assume seat 11 was my night one kill. And seat 11 was your night one kill, yes. Or night two kill, rather. Oh, uh, your, okay. night, your night two kill, yep. So we are on night three here. So we are on night three. After the player in seat four dies to the witch curse, they say, uh, to heck with it, I'm the clockmaker, I've got a four. Okay. So the player in seat two is executed. And it goes to night. And here you are at night, Emma. The demon, with a bluff set that reads Savant, Klutz, and Sage. Savant, Klutz, and Sage. Interesting. So C10 is just a lie and liar likes to lie. That's correct. What I want to ask you to do, Emma, is I want to ask you to talk through all of the situations that are possible for a Vigor Mortis here. And why you would make a choice to kill or not kill each of your minions, or to kill a townsfolk instead of a minion in this situation. And I'd like I'd like you I'd like you to make the right decision of who to kill in this particular scenario. So yeah. So before I learned about the clockmaker with the four, my plan had actually been at that point to kill C9 the witch. And the reason for that is I wanted to poison that oracle information. Um, but I didn't want to do it with the obvious person right next to you, because if I'm an oracle whose neighbor dies and then I get weird information, <laughs> it, it feels like a it feels like a vigor killed minion just was killed next to me. So my initial, initial reaction was to kill the witch, poison the oracle, hopefully poison the oracle in seat six, if they are in fact the oracle, and then go from there. But I'm now sort of reluctant to do that because of the Clockmaker 4. Why is that? The Clockmaker 4 is very scary. The Clockmaker 4 points directly from the witch to me or the seamstress. And if the witch, if the seamstress with a, is the demon who said, oh yeah, there's, I have a no on my minion and there's a clock four, that's pretty brutal. That's very brutal. Um, that's a, like, like, I just look very much like a demon if you assume it's a clockmaker four from C9. So I need to be very careful here. Why do you think Town would assume that C9 is a vigor-killed minion in this situation? Because they're suspicious. Because of, They're automatically suspicious because of the seamstress ping. Right. And a demon wouldn't normally kill a suspicious person. Right. So my other option, again, is if we believe Seed 6 that they're the Oracle, we can risk killing Seed 7. Now that poisons the Oracle, and but hopefully it won't look so bad, because it would look like... We would hope that the Oracle would get a 1 there, not a 2. A true 1, despite being poisoned. And that would allow us, then, to build in the Vigor Poison, continuing to hide the Serenov switching, well, making seat two look evil and making it look less like a vigor killed minion in seat seven. The worst one player, of course, will know that they're not evil in that seat two, but we're already in sort of the boat where we're going to have to frame seat two as evil most of this game because of the power of a clockmaker. That's right. I agree with that. And just a little bit on the clockmaker. The clockmaker is, in my view, the most powerful and the most scary townsfolk not just on sex and violence but in blood on the clock tower like there is no one i'd less like to kill with a witch than a clockmaker yeah the witch really 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 bungled that one because the the clockmaker is now essentially completely socially confirmed they were killed by the witch there's essentially no reason this early in an snv game for an evil player to be witch cursed there's reasons later for an evil player to be potentially witch cursed but this early it's just not worth it, nine times out of ten. So presumably, so we've essentially socially confirmed the clockmaker and their number, which means we're dealing, and the other issue with a clockmaker is the bigger a clockmaker number is, the scarier it is for the evil team. Um, whereas in, with a chef from Set Trouble Brewing, 
you sort of want to be sat far apart because that makes the chef zeros harder to solve. With a clockmaker, you want to be bunched tightly together because clocks one and clock twos are harder to place than clocks fours and clocks fives. Like, let's let, if you look at C2 and assume they're a minion, my demon frames are C10 from them, C5 from them. Anyone closer than that to C2 is strictly eliminated from being a demon. Or C6, right? It's C10 yeah, and C6. Six it's the triangles. Yeah, C6 and C10, which means C5 can't be a demon, C3 can't be a demon, C12 can't be a demon. None of these people are people I can frame as a demon with C2 as evil. That's a lot of dead living players who I can't frame as a demon anymore. And the... <laughs> And I can't frame Seat 9 as a demon, because Seat 9 is in the seamstress note with them. That means the only demon candidates are Seat 6, Seat 7, and Seat 10. Which, again, makes killing the Saranovas tricky, because that's killing one of the demon candidates for Seat 2. Um, it's possible, though, that I can sell Seat 7 as a Fangu jump. But that requires the Oracle to get a 2, not a 1, which is very bold from the Storyteller. But it's something I would legitimately be trying to do if I was a Fengu in Seat 7, and my minion in Seat 2 just got killed, and I learned about a Clockmaker 4. Um, that makes requires me to frame the minions as exactly Seat 2 and Seat 3, though, with Seat 7 as the jump to Fengu. And I just want to emphasize, like, these are the worlds I'm living in as someone with a socially confirmed clockmaker for like there's very narrow evil teams i can build which makes it very hard to kill people in ways that support those evil teams let's talk uh for a second about the positioning of the minions uh not just with regard to the clockmaker because obviously we already discussed that but with regard to where their uh where their poisonings can go there's not a whole huge difference between the two of them or which one you pick in terms of if you were going to kill a minion to try to poison someone. Um, there's not a whole lot of difference between who's available to be poisoned here. No, it's only C10 and C6 is going to be poisoned. C8 is mechanically confirmed as the mutant. And in, and in that case, does that alter your desire in some way to use the Vigor's minion killing power? It's tough. It doesn't really factor in um you want to use the minion killing power when there's something someone worth poisoning um and seat six is both a demon frame and poisonable so they can will start getting bad information which will make them look evil so there's a lot of value in poisoning seat six at the cost of a minion's life Probably probably not seat nine. It would probably have to be seat seven though. Yeah, like I said, probably not seat nine. But again, there's <laughs> reasons that killing seat seven looks so bad too, in that they're a demon candidate if seat two's a minion. What about your uh, what about your bluffs? Been been very nice to you, I think, in terms of vigor mortis usable bluffs, but if you choose not to kill a minion, the bluffs become a bit less useful. Yeah. Savant Klutz and Sage here. Just pop those out for everybody. In all likelihood, me as a player, I'm running with the Klutz buff. Um, one, it feels minion-y at best. Two, it... Um, not to give away all my secrets, but... That's one what they're here gets... for, Emma. They want our secrets. <laughs> they want to know how we clock tower so well. Well, one thing that gets evil players in trouble is when they get into conflicts with good players. Because when you start saying your information requires player B to be evil, it creates a situation where player B goes, wait a minute, I know what token I have. I'm not evil. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, to the extent possible, as the demon, you don't want to be the one responsible for framing a specific good player with your information. You can frame them with your kills, because your goal is to get down to a situation where there's a good player or a minion who's executable on the final three. But you want the minions to be the ones handling the information framing, 
because if they become outed evil through informational conflicts with good players, they're just minions. It's not the end of the world. So for me, the bluff here that jumps to me is Klutz. Klutz is a nice bluff that hides that it's a Vigor Mortis game. It's socially something I would do on Sex and Violets is just claim to be the Klutz and not worry about the Fangu, dare the Fangu to jump. We talked about it a little bit last week. I am a player who, because I dislike being Fangu jumped, I dislike changing teams midway through games. I will be happy to give the good team the information about where outsiders are and dare the evil team. Hey, are you really going to do this? Are you really going to jump to the outsider everyone knows about? So socially, I can get away with bluffing outsider on SNV. Um, I say that with confidence. <laughs> The VIG minus one helps there, right? People, people, I think, uh, are a little harsh with the VIG minus one, as I mentioned earlier, thinking that, oh, wow, you know, losing an outsider and gaining a whole townsfolk, like, that's pretty strong for the good team where S&V has such, such information that's so powerful. You know, just imagine that that Vigor minus one in replaced, a, replaced a klutz with a dreamer. You know, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of that's a lot of vulnerability that's been created for the evil team. Um, we should talk about how that minus one can be useful for evil. And in one of the ways it can be useful is certainly providing an extra bluff or providing certainty that you can bluff an outsider. Exactly. Like, and the thing is, because <sighs> there's always risk if the demon, if that storyteller doesn't give you the outsider bluff with the vague in that it's going to become a very obvious big game because there's not going to be enough outsiders in play and it's too risky for you guys to bluff, to double claim the bluff, the actual in-play outsider. Um, that's always a risk. But with the outsider bluff in play, it really helps you hide the Vigor Mortis. And like I said, I'm going to be bluffing clots with these bluffs. With these bluffs, I'm going to want my two minions selling misinformation with the Sage and the Savant. And I'm going to want to be using the Klutz bluff as Drain to say, hey, I'm confirmed by the Klutz, by the outsider account. Like, if we start thinking it's a Fangu game, I might get killed, which is, not again, a tricky situation for me. So what I think I want to do is I want to sell Nodashi or Vortox. And I don't have enough information to confidently sell Vortox. So I'm looking to sell the possibility of a Nodashi world. And... Nodashi worlds open up two extra demon candidates for me, seed five and seed three, because they can be poisoning the clockmaker. Correct. And they even open up seed 12 as a demon candidate because I'm an outsider. Seed two is a minion. Seed three could be a minion or an outsider, or it could be a minion. The Nodashi tentacles could be ravishing all the way from seed 12 to seed four. It's a hard sell, but it's a possibility. Right. It's just, you want to open up demon candidates. So, looking at this Grim right now, the thing that opens up the most demon candidates and exposes me the least is we're trying to sell a Nodashi world. Because in a Nodashi world, if the clockmaker's sober, great. Seat 6, seat 7, seat 9, seat 10 are all demon candidates. If the clock, But if the... Nodashi is in C12, C3, or C5, they can all be demon candidates. So with a Nodashi, in Nodashi worlds, we are really doing a good job of opening up extra demon candidates. So we've decided what demon we want our team to be bluffing. We want our team to be setting up Nodashi worlds. Um, I wanted to ask you about whether it's worth it to kill a minion at this point to get the poisoning and keep an ability in play or whether Absolutely. you might be better off or whether you might be or, or whether there are worlds where you would consider just killing a pretty confirmed good player uh no like there's no there's no good player whose information i want to confirm at this point by killing them in the night um there's no one who's confirmed snp doesn't have this sort of hard confirmation outside dreamer and even dreamer is weird like, Dreamer's only really hard confirmation, day one, first conversation. And even then, it can be a lucky demon. So, with all of this in mind, Emma, your your tempo, night phase, who would you like to kill? So now that we've decided that we want to do the Nodashi thing and not the Fangu thing, and hopefully our storyteller will pick up and that's what we want. 
we want this oracle claim poisoned. We want the oracle claim poisoned. We want C2 looking like a minion. There's, there's, and again, there's two ways to go here. You can see, you see evil teams sometimes when everyone thinks X is a minion, they'll kill the other half of the ping just to try to treat it because it's confirmed. So if it was really, if it was really clear, people were reading to C2 socially evil yesterday, even though they're good. I might just kill seat nine and hope the poison passes through to seat six. Well, they killed seat two, so you know. But yeah, but like, they, like it depends on, but like it's a specific thing that depends on how much I'm reading into town. Informationally, like, it's pretty risky for you to kill seat nine, right? Yes, uh, socially it might be the right call. So it really especially if you're going to claim outsider, you're going to look a lot like a vigor mortis at that point. Perhaps, uh, but yeah, socially, if everyone really thinks seat two is evil, seat nine is a reasonable kill. If people don't think seat two is evil. If they're like 50-50, if they're planning to kill seat 9 tomorrow to close the ping, we're killing seat 7. Yeah, that's probably the situation that seems more likely to me here. Okay. They probably want to close the ping. If they want to close the ping, we're killing seat 7. Alright. So we go ahead and kill seat 7, who is now uh, Vigor killed. Yeah. And I'll talk a little bit about Vigor killing here. Um, there's a There's a joke about SNV and BMR that I originally, I think, heard from Gambling, um, friend of ECG Gambling, um, where BMR is a collection oh, gambling, of... yes. He has an excellent <laughs> voice. Uh, BMR is a collection of really wonky, bad, almost bad characters that fit together very well, and X, Sex and Violets is a collection of really powerful, interesting characters that fit together pretty wonkily. And the Vigor Mortis is definitely one of the wonkier parts of SNV. And part of the issue is th there's value to preserving any of these minions' abilities, but they're not like the sort of abilities you'd really want to be preserving as a Vig. You'd like the key, the thing, the if I think of all of the minions in Blood of the Clock Tower, the ones that I am most excited about to kill as a Vigor Mortis are a Poisoner, a Widow, an Assassin. Though you know, uh, a story, a script writer who puts Assassin on the Vigor Mortis script is being really mean to the good team. Um, yeah. It's these things that can have dramatic effects on the late game situation, even as a dead evil. Um, yeah, locking in that second, locking in a widow poison and then getting a second poisoning out of a widow is incredibly strong. Allowing a poisoner to just have free reign for an entire allowing, game. like allowing a dead like on mare scripts and like I've seen vague poisoner mare scripts where like their vague hasn't killed their poisoner and I'm like what are you doing? Please yeah. kill your poisoner. Instant you kill. You just cruise to victory on the mare win because the poisoner poisons the mare on final three. Yep. Nobody knows. Um, but the SNV minions don't have this sort of dramatic late game effect generally. The witch can do a little. The Saranovis is gen as the game goes on the Saranova's power gets weaker so i'm not like super thrilled about locking in the Saranova's power but it's better to have it locked in and poisoning the oracle getting the one on seat two and you can always just tell your Saranova's, hey we don't want them to think there's a living Saranova's, so make sure to either lock somebody or poison or you know hit yourself or whatever yeah yeah like yeah like there's things to do with it but yeah, that's that's what we're doing. We're killing the Saranovas. We're poisoning, hopefully, with the Oracle in Seat 6. Well, Emma, the Storyteller makes a different choice for you uh, than poisoning the Oracle in Seat 6. But the Oracle in Seat 6 does come out the next day uh, to you with their uh, Oracle 1 and is concerned that the player in Seat 2 might be evil and might be a minion. Um, the player in Seat 10 then approaches you and says, hey, I'm the Dreamer. And uh, I dreamed you as either the Klutz or the Pit Hag. Okay. And that uh, was, I think, a pretty good breakdown of how the Vigor works and how to use the Vigor Mortis in a situation like this and how to think through all the options. Seems like the Clockmaker number's not going to point at you. You seem like you're going to be a pretty confirmed player now. Uh, and you can continue to wreak havoc on this town. So we'll just go through the Grim really quickly. Uh, seat 12 was a mathematician who really uh, was not sure what they were really doing in this game. Obviously didn't have a ton of useful information. You, of course, are the Vigor Mortis. Uh, seat 2 was the Town Crier. Oh, I've got to... Let me, let me put this in. I'll send it all out to you. 
Uh, we really would have loved that mathematician to be dead before we started vigor poisoning people. Yep, but that is a later problem, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, let me just change this character real quick so you can see all these things, and I'll do the little grim reveal. Uh, we'll just do uh, evil one, doesn't matter. All right, so yeah, so we'll just go ahead and send these to Emma so Emma can see them. Uh, you're the vigor mortis in seat one. The player in seat two who was framed by the seamstress uh, along with your witch was, of course, the town crier who died. There was a juggler in seat three that wasn't sure what to make of their information, but hadn't really confirmed anybody. A bunch of people lied to them. wasn't important. The clockmaker in seat four was, of course, quite important to resolving this because it does point to the seat nine, seat one connection. If you kill seat nine, you probably get executed the next day as a vigor mortis it's, or within a day or two, seems likely. Uh, the oracle in seat six, of course, sees your Serenovus, who's died in the night, as evil, but um, they haven't tracked a vigor game yet, and they've now got a dreamer confirmed outsider in you, along with a Serenovus Madness Break confirmed mutant in seat 8, so it doesn't look like a vigor mortis game. You killed the snake charmer, saving yourself a whole lot of trouble on the first night, or on the mm -hmm. first night you got to kill. And that mathematician's going to be a little bit pesky for the rest of the game sitting there in seat 12, but maybe you'll be able to figure out something. Yeah. And the game goes on. Yeah, I think you did pretty well with that. You saw all the pitfalls. You saw the traps. This was a little bit of a lighter one. I felt like I, I felt like I took it pretty pretty heavy on you with the Vortex last week. So I want to give you something no, no you worries. can really talk talk through all the specific details. No, no worries. I think uh, we're one in one now. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the big pitfall for this scenario is, of course, for the bigger mortis is that mathematician. Um, yeah. The mathematician. You can't kill seat nine. You can't kill seat nine. Yeah, I mean, it really, really depends on what people are socially reading in town the day before. Even if the social read on seat nine is that they're good, in two or three days down the road, when people might start putting together Vigor Worlds, you just got to be careful about it. Yeah, but, like, I, I would... It, you can do things based off the social reads. If the social reads are good enough on seat two, nine, and bad enough on seat two, like, you can get away with killing seat nine. Maybe we need a scale, Emma. Maybe we do like a social read scale, like uh, how good or bad the social reads are on a particular player. It might might help a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and here. it also has to, but it's also your read on town's social reads, which can be, yeah. which is like a second level social read. And it's quite difficult to simulate. Legitimately, very difficult to simulate Incredibly for these scenarios. Incredibly difficult to yeah. uh, C12 is the problem for the Vig in this situation. Like the Vig poison's there. Luckily, the Vig poison didn't proc last night. Or no, it That's did. Right. It did. It did. Yep. Yeah. You're going to get a number. Math did get a one, mm -hmm. which is a little unfortunate. Yep. And it's going to make it pretty difficult to sell the mathematician now as a as a as a demon candidate, I think. But you're going to yeah. have to try. We're going to have to try. Like like I said, like the benefits of tr we're going to we're as an evil team, we're definitely selling no dashi. And yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you got into that space too because I think no dashi is the only viable is the only viable demon world to try to sell here. You don't know enough for Vortox, and Fangu doesn't make the clockmaker number wrong. Fangu doesn't make the clockmaker wrong, and also risks me being executed as a Fangu jump later. Yeah. Um, Nodashi just opens up, opens up the grim to additional d potential demons, which is what you want, especially early. And yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And like the math can also just be being poisoned by seat three, the Nodashi. Agreed. Because C2 is a minion, and You're an I'm, the, I'm the outsider. Like, there's lots of spaces for the mathematician to be socially good and poisoned or evil. Socially good and poisoned or evil in this game. So I'm not. it's not as bad as it might seem at first glance, but there's certainly someone who I am thinking about constantly. This is a tense mid-game scenario that results in you having to make a tough choice to lose voting and nomination power as well. It's still the best choice, I think, objectively, to kill seat seven. Uh, you thought you were going to poison the oracle. You got you got a, you got even better at than that. You got something better out of it than you than you did uh, than you expected. But the important part of this is now how you go about dealing with the rest of this. Because, for example, if Town decides they want to kill seat 9 now, that Oracle is probably going to have to die. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things that you can see. A lot of these interactions, they start to cascade, and they force you into a line of play. They, they can force you, or you can feel like you're being forced into a line of play where you don't have a ton of options about what to do. Yeah, no. Um... Me personally, I probably would have preferred the Oracle over the Dreamer to be poisoned, but yep. different people might want different things. 
Yeah, and storytellers make choices, and you don't always have the you don't always have the agency to decide which uh, which person's going to get poisoned. Like you could say to the storyteller, "Hey, I'd really like it if the player in seat six is poisoned," you know, or whatever. But ultimately, it's the storyteller's choice. They're going to do what they think is right to balance the game. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, we're we're kind of moving on from SNV now after this. Yeah, we'll be moving on to Bad Moon Rising next time. Uh, we'll be doing. At least two scenarios. I did want to tell you, Milk, I have gotten a submitted Grim for BMR from a viewer, so we might do a Ooh. third Grim analysis scenario. I'll have to sit down and go through it a little bit. I'll send it to you, too. Awesome. Yeah, um, we'd love to do that. That's exciting. Yeah, we really want to do those uh, more and more. Please go ahead and send us your situations. Uh, I've had a couple of people sort of send me, like, bits of, of scenarios and things that I've tried to kind of looked at. Um, but it, I, we really kind of need a pretty, like we really need a, if we're going to analyze it uh, for the show, we, we probably need a pretty clear, like final grim, like a grim of what you saw or were thinking and like a, a pretty good, like brief of, uh, yeah. of, of like what, what you knew at the time or kind of what was going but on at the time. So. I got, <laughs> I got some pretty detailed stuff about a BMR grim. So I'm thinking awesome. maybe we, I'll send that to you, Milk. We'll, we'll maybe try to work that in as a third segment next time. Yeah, I'd in love addition to, do to our that. normal, that like our normal uh, Milk and Emma challenges. That's right, Com- competition style, competition <laughs> style. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, we're excited to be back next week. We're excited. We'll do probably two BMRs, and then we'll next evaluate Wednesday. from there. We'll be we'll be doing this live next Wednesday. Always exactly. definitely live Wednesday. on Wednesdays, like we always do, like we're doing right now, live on Wednesdays. Live on Wednesdays, definitely <laughs> Wednesday. <sighs> All right. Well, uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully this has been. I, I think these are two pretty interesting scenarios, and I think we've shown a little bit of the diversity of sect and violence yeah. too. How all these powerful roles kind of bump into each other and make things messy for players. So. All right. Well, with that, I hope your scenarios aren't grim this week. See you all later. <laughs>